0: You're listening to Stage Door Podcast, the podcast celebrating theatre and creativity from onstage mishaps to career-defining moments.
2: Hosted by thespians, myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza. Fortnightly, we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Today, we are joined by Six's very own Chelsea Dawson.
0: Before we get started, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and the Tabao people of Uguera, the traditional custodians of this land upon which we work, live, and record, and recognize a continuing connection to land, water, and community.
2: Chelsea Dawson, born and raised in Brisbane, is a proud recent graduate from the Queensland Conservatorium, Griffith University, Bachelor of Music Theatre. While studying, Chelsea had great delight in performing in productions such as Les Mis, directed by Alistair Smith, The Drowsy Chaperone, directed by Penny Farrow, and Eulogies, A Song Cycle, directed by
0: Jason Langley. Before her time at QCGU, Chelsea trained with Rocket Productions and worked with Shake and Stir Theatre Co. in the 2018 season of Much To Do About Nothing as Beatrix. In 2021, Chelsea made her professional debut in GFO's production of Shrek the Musical as the Wicked Witch, and also a part of Serpentine Arts Company, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Currently, you can see Chelsea bringing the role of Catherine Howard to the stage as a part of Six the Musical. Welcome to the mic, Chelsea! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much for popping on, especially on a two-show
2: day.
1: Yeah, look...
2: We're at we're at the end of the week. We're getting there. We're, we're pushing it. <laughs> yeah. We love it. <laughs> How are you?
1: Good. Yeah, we've just o- opened in Sydney, the beautiful Theatre Royal. Um, which yeah, it kind of feels crazy because I we started at the start of this year at the Sydney Opera House. So to return back and especially in a bigger theatre as well, it, I don't. know It feels like home, but it's also a bit different. It kind of feels like you know the show because the show has grown and so. It feels like it's deserving of this new theatre and, like, for the audience to kind of come see it again. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's so exciting to have it, I feel like, have a show come back so many times as well. Like, I feel like I've not seen a show come back to Sydney because this is the third time that it's been in Sydney. This yes. is the second time that you've been in Sydney. Yeah. Um, I, feel, I feel like it doesn't happen very often within Australian theatre that shows... Tour and come back to cities again because of the demand.
1: Yeah, and I think also, you know, we had that interesting thing called COVID kind of hit, yeah. you know. Yeah. Who knows what would have happened like pre COVID, whether they would have come back as many times. But I think also it speaks so much about the show about how kind of addictive and um, electric it is. Like, it's like, well, if you yeah. see it once, you're like, oh, well, I, I kind of miss seeing like half of the queens in this section and then I like was so focused on the first queen that I didn't really even watch the second queen so I have to go see it again you know it's one of those shows where you could like literally see it six times and watch just one queen do the show every time like it's yeah
2: so no it's Mm. really exciting to be back yes I'm very excited are you going to see it again Uh, maybe this if I do (laughs) I've seen it twice so I saw it in the original Pre-COVID days, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. when those apparently existed. Um, and then I saw it, God, earlier this year. I don't remember when, but I saw it earlier this year in Sydney. And I you know what? I might go and see it again. It's such a, it's like you were saying, it's such a show that you can see multiple times and you're not going to get sick of it. It's mm. just like this perfect combination of like a pop concert and theater and just, so much fun such a fun yeah. show yeah i highly recommend it's a it's a
1: completely not a completely different show but it is very much vamped up since the the, the sydney opera house version in the studio yeah, yeah.
2: cuz yeah that's quite a bit Ooh. of a stage change as well like it's a massive stage at the um theatre royal yes <laughs> at the theatre royal so i'm very interested to see how it's how it's um changed and grown since that
0: yeah it's amazing, but I guess kind of getting into some of how you got into the world of theater. Yes. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you discovered theater? Like, what was your journey to loving this art form? <laughs> yeah,
1: look, it, uh, I've always I've always loved theater. Um, I think I was like, you know, my mom says that i kind of took the mic apparently in this kindergarten performance a christmas concert and started singing happy birthday to jesus because you know that's just what you do um and but for some reason that wasn't a sign to my mom that like i wanted to do it you know i was very like math brained focused, and so and but also creative so i was very much let down the like path of doing interior design or architect or something like that and so but I remember in primary school being so excited to go to high school because they do school musicals and that was like the most you know thrilling idea so it was kind of around I think like grade nine where I did drama for a term and we were doing acting for screen. And we did this particular scene, and I'll never forget, after we did the scene, everyone was kind of like silent in the room. And I was like, oh, what just happened? And then they just started clapping. And it was almost like, I was like, oh my gosh, I made people feel something. This is like, whoa, this is new, this is interesting. Um, And that kind of led me down the path of like continuing with drama and dropping graphics design. And then I started doing more singing lessons, did the school musicals. Um, My best friend in high school had literally been doing or training, basically, for musical theatre since he was 11 years old. And so kind of, yeah, encouraged that, like, yeah, this is a career, this is, like, a path. And so by the time I was in grade 11, that's kind of when the gears were all shifting. And I was, like, trying to, like, do private ballet classes and, like, you know, literally... Finding any mentor that would have me or for like a, you know, not too expensive that would train me and teach me so that I would get into a university because I felt a lot of pressure in that regard. I felt like if I didn't get into a uni straight out of high school, then I was going to have to go do some other d- degree um, mm. just because it was very important in my family to like be studying something that was always kind of
0: mm. set down
1: as like a rule. Um, but I was very fortunate enough to get into the Queensland con and yeah, that's kind of how that all came about. got to do three beautiful years there. Unfortunately had to experience the COVID year in 2020. Mm.
0: Um, but
1: that was also kind of the year that a lot of things changed for me, which was great.
2: I feel like it really shows a lot to be able to go through, um, well for anyone to go through COVID it was awful for everyone but I feel like especially for people studying um especially people studying theater where it's such a you know it's hard to do a class when you're not in the room like it's it's not the kind of thing where you can just do a lecture online and just you know take your notes it's something that is so physical and visceral that it's really hard to have to take classes online so I think it says a lot to be able to get through that time and still come out, still having the passion for it and still doing it and making waves in the professional world at the same time. It's crazy. Like, I can't imagine having trying to graduate from my theatre degree during COVID. I probably would have just had a mental breakdown. Look,
1: like, there were definitely many of those. (laughs) Um, A lot of questioning, (laughs) why did I pick this? um yeah but all at the same time like you know we did have an amazing support system and I think also because everyone kind of felt lost like we did a lot of zooms with industry professionals um during that time and you could even tell on the other side of the camera that they didn't really know what was happening and they didn't they also weren't sure of of how to give advice to these like aspiring artist when there was no industry to kind of go into and so it was yeah it was a time for everyone but I think you know the people that found strength I know like some of my cohort that are still working and getting out there and putting their face it just shows the determination you kind of you have to have for this industry you know
0: yeah definitely your cohort's actually done very very well I mean considering in, in your third year, you also auditioned for six. Yes. And then you were also going to play Alphabet in Wicked. Like, these are huge, huge things. Like, what was that like? And, like, how did you bounce back after that? Because those were such, um, like, pivotal moments, I guess, in that time in your life. Yeah.
1: So that was a crazy time. It was, like, literally the start of third year. That's when we were doing Elegies with Jason Langley, um and exploring some beautiful stories in different contexts. And I think also at the start of third year, I'd kind of found something within myself. I think I was believing in myself a lot more, and I was ready to, like, be on the front foot with everything. And we you knew about Wicked, and a lot of us had been preparing for it. And I was going back and forth of who I wanted to go for. Was it Alpha or was it Glinda? I loved both of them so much. Um, but went in, you know, with my heart, open and with all the material learnt and we had the most amazing time you know workshopping in the room and whatnot and I felt really confident about that and then literally I think it was like two weeks after we still didn't know the cast by this point for Wicked we got the brief for six for Howard so seven of us I think from the con went down to do the auditions and it was like a two-day process basically so by the end of the first day we had gotten down to six people in Sydney and three of those people were from the con so it was myself Gabby and Alicia from my cohort and then on the second day Gabby and myself made it into the top seven so they'd brought four people up from Melbourne and then there were three people from the Sydney Um, and that day was just like the seven of us going back and forth doing dancing doing singing calls doing dancing again um and then a week later I found out that I'd booked the role of Howard and that I was meant to be leaving uni in a month to go start rehearsing
0: wow but
1: oh my goodness yeah my my god so it was the day that I did my (laughs) first uh what's it called um when I try on the costume for the first time oh the fitting (laughs) Fitting, thank you. I oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My first fitting was uh, the Monday where all the theatres basically went, we're not going up anymore. So it was a very, oh it was a big day of emotions. It was a day of trying on this costume, getting the script in the score for the first time, like reading through it, being like, I don't know how I'm going to do this role um so feeling all those emotions and then my singing teacher from the con called me and said hey I just need to let you know that a lot of my professional students have just told me that they're not going on anymore like the the theatres are closing and I just think you need to prepare yourself that this might be a short-lived dream um which was oh. I and I and I thank him for that because yeah. but it was a it was a massive day so yeah. That was third year. And then we were, you know, I told my cohort actually that I was like, this is the last show I'm doing with you because we were um, closing Elegies at the time and they gave me a beautiful farewell. And then oh no, what, I think it was like oh. two weeks later, we were all on Zoom being like, so <laughs>
0: this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like oh, a surprise, I'm yeah. still here.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, it's, uh, so did you guys then continue kind of like looking at, wicked or like continue like or did they just like stop it like look we wish that they did do yeah. that um
1: but we actually did this verbatim musical on zoom uh, called london road which look if you have the time maybe look into it it's not i don't i don't particularly love it because yeah. it's literally like they grabbed people speaking and then put that speech to music and so, oh. re- like, f- hard music. You, it, uh, I'm not sure if I should give an example or not because it's so boring. But it's like, um, <laughs> I got up, up, and all I could see were police cars going up the road. And, of course, you know, I, we knew. And we'd do those. Oh. in like, over Zoom. It was, <sighs> look, we were tr- all trying <laughs> to make something work out of a really hard time.
0: Yeah. And I think. Yeah
1: you know like we were making we were trying to make these like document series out of this and we're filming with our little iphone cameras and then sending them to someone to make an iMovie i think we were trying to find the joy in Mm. creating and music in yeah a
2: really dark time and i wish
1: we were looking at wicked but
2: yeah. yeah I think it's oh, would have been we? at the time when obviously because it was we'd never been through something like this at all before so it wasn't like they could be like great we've got all of these things that we know that this is going to work and we can do this over zoom and everything will be fine it would still people trying to figure out how do we do we even bother do we try do we how is this going to work so you know, I think how it's- do we make a, a, a practical course online yeah yeah it's such it's such a physical like I can't even imagine I did a few dance classes and acting classes online during COVID and I was just like "Mm, I do not like this at all Mm. like it's so ah it's just not the same and I feel like it did open a lot of opportunities for Like I got to do an online workshop with Christy Altamar, which, you know, I don't think I would have ever been able to do had it not been for COVID and people going, okay, we can offer these things online, Um, but it's still for certain, I I think especially for degrees, it's just not the same. It makes it so hard. And I feel like you lose that connection as well of like, you have to hold on to your like why you're doing this because otherwise I feel like you'd just lose because you're just sitting in front of a computer which is mm. not what we ever want to do as performers
1: exactly and like yeah you definitely have to hold on to that like that fire um burning bright but it, it definitely also meant that a lot of us missed out on learning a skill of performing on a big stage or doing a big stage musical because when I went to do Shrek, there were so many things that I had missed out on learning yeah. because of that COVID year that made me look even more like a noob doing it. Yes. I was like, I swear I did a Bachelor of this. I know what yes. I'm doing. Yeah. But j- just, you know, like how to hold yourself and perform to a thousand seats. Or, oh, well, look, I was, a, for Shrek, we were on the lyric stage at QPAC. And I, that could be, that was maybe 2000 seats. Like... I had no idea yeah. Yeah. until I actually stood on that stage and looked at and went, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah.
2: Um, and so like, yeah. speaking of Shrek, mm. obviously that was your first professional musical after uni. What was it, like, what was some of the biggest things that you learnt stepping into professional music theatre for the first time?
1: Look, it was... Definitely a crazy experience. I think I learnt the show in like three days before. Because there was. Yes, because they were basically getting the old cast to come back and do it. However, theatre had started reopening, so some of the cast members weren't available. So Susan Steele, who I covered her track as the Wicked Witch, she was in Pippin at the time. So there was an opening available. And that was another role that I found out a week before that I was leaving JB Hi-Fi to go start rehearsing <laughs> for the show.
0: Oh, um, <laughs> damn. Gotta leave on, sales. Look, <laughs> damn, but I felt so I bad
1: because it was around, like, Christmas time as well. And oh. I was like, hi, so, like... I need my job back in three months because it's a short contract, but can I please leave? Like, they were so lovely. Honestly, the best muggle job I have ever had in my entire life. I love those, that company and those people so much. Um, But, so yes, I had to learn the show in three days before the rest of the company came. And then we basically worked through the show from top to end slowly, just like, them kind of remembering the show and then me figuring out the traffic of what was to happen and I think we had maybe then like a week for that we also there was Christmas and we had different breaks in between that and then yeah we opened the show and you know that's when I learned that how to pin curl for the first time you know that took me I think an hour and a half with like my Big European brunette hair. Like I remember sitting, like (laughs) watching a movie, trying to like make my hair as flat as possible. Um, But I got it down to like twenty minutes, which was pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what else did I learn? I learned a lot about the do's and don'ts and like how to sustain yourself for a week. You know, I remember like coming home after the show and eating like a three-course meal because I was so hungry and I had so much energy after the show but then because I ate so much I would feel so um, like laggy in the morning and I wasn't really like truly waking up until like four o'clock in the Arvo to then go get ready for the show so it was just like a whole especially going from like the nine-to-five muggle job to then the theatre world and life and that kind of like nightlife. it was a big shift but loved it so much like you know
0: yeah what an incredible experience I guess a great first step into the professional world to then get you to six because it came back like it ended up coming back which is crazy that that dream was like oh taken away and then okay went back on yeah come back now (laughs) I'll, I'll
1: never forget when they gave me the call saying that it was that my um role was being terminated and I was like but will it come back and they were like ah we don't know and I was like tears in the phone I was like okay ah but like you know would you want it to come back and they were like ah look we can't give you like a yes or a no because you know we don't want to get your hopes up and I was like you know I understand I understand but like just saying maybe in like a year's (laughs) time like I just kept trying to ask is six coming back because literally from when that role was given to me to when I got to start to rehearse it and it was like nearly two years I was working for that role like I feel like I've had Howard for three years but I've only played her for one because you know it was the gym classes like I feel like when COVID hit and everyone was kind of like I don't know what to do I was waking up at 6am to do online Pilates classes because I was like oh this will last three months and then six will be back you know? Yeah. So then, like, I have to be ready when six is back. Um, yeah. And I definitely had, like, my lull periods, but I remember it. my lull was happening when, like, life was starting return to norm because I hadn't heard from six. Yeah. Um, so it was really – yeah,
0: yeah. But – Did it take, like, a long time? Like, did you only hear closer to when you started doing it again? Or was it – No, we had re-auditions for six – Like, February 2021.
1: So I just finished Shrek. Oh, my goodness. I think – yeah, I think it was, like, a week after Shrek. They flew me down, and they were, like – it was, like, a fly-in, fly-out, fly-in, sing, and then fly-out that day. And I was, like, I don't know if that was good, but all right. And then – Wait, you
0: had to re-audition.
1: Yeah. Oh, look – yeah. COVID did a lot of things to people and mm. I think they had to check if our vocal stamina and our physical stamina, stamina were like up to standard because it is yeah. Yeah. a high intense show. I don't like even though I did prepare for it for such a long time, I don't think I ever could fully prepare for it, like without doing the show, you know? Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. but yeah, so we had to re audition in February. I think I found out maybe two or three weeks later that you know, they offered the contract and then it wasn't until end of November that we started rehearsals.
2: Yeah, because of course, and we also, 2021, went through another round of lockdowns, of course, which would have delayed it again because that happened in...
1: So we d- delayed June. our Brisbane season.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: they couldn't, they were, they were a bit um, iffy about if Brisbane would be back to normal. For November, we were meant to perform in Brisbane in November. So, yeah, yeah, look, it's had its pushbacks and what, but we're here and we've been been going strong. (laughs) We've literally had only four performances cancelled and that's only actually two days' worth of shows due to COVID. And we have a company of ten people. Well, one being an emergency swing. Um, Actually, at that time, we only had nine. So... Like our show has done phenomenally well, you know, with COVID still being about. Yeah. Thank
0: gosh for swings. Oh. Am I right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> we love our swings
1: so we much. Do. <laughs>
0: they
1: are they are our angels, truly. Like this show and also how this show celebrates our swings and the phenomenal work they do. Like it's incredible. I just I don't think there's a show like it out there that acknowledges like literally as soon as they stepped on stage, you know that that person is a swing because yeah. they won't be in one of the six colors that you see on all the promo but that does not defeat or take away anything from the story that they are about to give and it's almost like they can then truly own their version of Howard Seymour who you know whoever they're playing. Um, yeah yeah it's one it's of the best things phenomenal
2: the I think COVID has kind of done terrible terrible things but also wonderful things as well for mm-hmm. I think especially for swings and also I think for performers taking health a bit more seriously and going you know what mm-hmm. I would rather have to call out tonight and miss this show than push through it and then have to call out for six weeks because I've just pushed myself too far
1: Literally, I – so I started uh, in – where were we? Adelaide. I had, uh, like, a coughing fit one morning, and I went, mm, I don't think I've coughed for, like, three years. I was like, something's not right. I called in and I said, hey, I've done a rat test, but I, I'm i fine, but something's not right. And they were like, great, we don't want you in the building. Have a show off. And then the next day I became positive with COVID. <sighs> so it was like – Oh,
0: my goodness. We, you know,
1: this our cast especially – are so attuned with our bodies that we're like, "Mm, something's off, I can't come in. And then usually the next two days, it's been a positive case of COVID. Um, But because we've been so on it, we haven't had to shut down for a week or anything like that, which has been great. Yeah. Thank
0: goodness. I mean... Yeah, it's it's really good that you're so in tune with your bodies that you can then save each other from also getting COVID because you're so close with each other as well yes. that if one person was to go down, it's very likely you all could. Mm. So it's it's great that you're all on the ball yeah. and you've kept going and you're here and you're in Sydney, which is so, so exciting. Yeah. And obviously this show has like some of the most incredible fans and supporters what has been one of your favourite interactions doing this show?
1: Oh, my gosh. The Queendom are just so phenomenal that I don't even know if I can list one in particular. Like, looking out and seeing the different versions of the costume, um, like, you know, that always warms my heart. Um, I think... One that I will say is when mums message, either message me or they comment on one of the feeds, and they say how much respect they have for the role of Katherine Howard and how she was able to start like beautiful conversations with their kids about, you know, what sexual harassment means and, you know, about consent and how it kind of created this beautiful. Space that they didn't have to bring up anyone that, like, they knew or, you know, create this, like, horrid image, but they could use what they saw on stage, you know, this gal that was singing with a pink ponytail that, you know, was really bubbly and fun to begin with and then gets really sad. And I think hearing those stories, it just makes my heart, yeah, beam and... I don't know, feel really warm and just the beauty of that. I think it's just very, very rewarding as an actress.
0: That's what you do it for as well. You do Mm -hmm. it to share stories and the fact that the story is then affecting someone's life and able to help them is like, you know, if they come in one way and they leave another way and they're changed and forever changed, it's such like a beautiful thing that we're able to do in theatre. Yeah. And something this show does, which is... so so fantastic yeah I definitely saw a few TikToks last night on um on my uh for you page and then there was someone going to the show and they'd made their own outfit and then made their own Catherine Howard outfit and I was like this is mind-blowing like you must see so many cool things doing this show honestly it is they're just phenomenal like the 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 fan art oh my gosh
1: I have never looked so cool before in my (laughs) life like they are just phenomenal and it just keeps coming as well like and the love and the support I just it blows my mind truly truly
2: truly yeah (laughs) oh it's so exciting and it's so lovely to see yeah I feel like there's nothing I appreciate more than theater that has a message but does it in a way that's not like here learn this and take this away from it but it's like here is this super crazy super fun and um informative show and here's just some things that if you want to take these away absolutely and this is a safe space to do so because it takes real talent I think to be able to work that into a show in such a seamless fashion that it doesn't make you then, for the rest of the show, be like, well, now I'm depressed. That was sad.
1: Yeah, look, and we've got some pretty, like, you know, when you think about the topics, like, these queens, they were, you know, the real people. Like, two of them were beheaded. Like, decapitated. Like, (laughs) ended for just kind of being a woman. Like, what? That's kind of so hard to wrap our head around and then also to say that like oh actually it still kind of relates to modern day and you're like uh I don't (laughs) I don't think I've seen a beheading happen but that's all right um but you it's because these stories that we share are about mothers about women about sisterhood about owning your womanhood empowerment like anyone can watch it whether you do identify as being female or non-binary or male I think you can watch it and go oh my gosh there's a bit of me in that or wow I never saw it in that perspective before and maybe I'll be more considerate about thinking about this or or literally you can just walk away being like damn those were some bops you know, yeah. yeah, like I vibed with maybe four of the songs. They were bops, you know, like that's yeah. the best yeah. part of it. And it's 75 minutes. So it's like, it's not even, you don't even have to sit through and be like, oh God.
0: Yeah. It's so, just it's all like action packed. Yes. We love a one there. act show. Yeah. Love yes. it. We do. My gosh. We
1: do. I don't know if I can go back to doing two act shows after this one. <laughs> oh. I know how
0: good.
2: <laughs> but imagine how amazing your stamina is going to be for whatever you do next. You're my just going to be like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go.
1: It's insane. Like, when they told me I would only get two drink break breaks in this show and that it would be less than, like, 30 seconds, I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're kidding, right? You're cute. I was Thanks. Like, I was like, how do I prepare for my song? And they were like, oh, you you start the show, and before you start the show, that's when you prepare. And I was like, Huh? <laughs>
0: Uh, cool, 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so scary. um, That is actually scary because sometimes you're like, I mean, obviously when you first, not now, but when you're first starting, you're like, God, okay, I've got to get through all these numbers and still hold out for my own and and still do the job. All you want to do is a
1: seven and a half minute song with the most like intricate changes between the verses and the choruses. With also a lot of repetition, so there has definitely been times on stage where I go, um, "What number am I up to?" <laughs> or like I'm like, "Oh, I think it's about this guy now." Like, or I've had line drops, and then I go, "I don't know how to make this work." But it's you know, we've gotten a lot better since the start. But yeah. It's, yeah. you know, and also I'm basically dancing throughout that whole song. So when I came back from having COVID, I was literally like, this guy, finally, like my breath, oh, it's, that's the thing. It's one of those things where it was like, no matter how much work I did before this show, it was not until I stepped in that rehearsal room where I was like, okay, this is what I need to do, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: he knows the job. Yeah. Well, we're actually going to move into a little bit of a game slash rapid fire question round. Um, So we're just going to ask you some really fun this or that or little questions. Okay. And you have to answer as quickly as you can. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. You ready? All right. Okay. So first one, Mm -hmm. cats or dogs? Dogs. Dogs. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice.
2: All right. Favourite hobby? Uh,
1: I'm currently studying Ausland at the moment, and I absolutely love it.
2: <gasps> Incredible. I don't to do that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm up to my set three at the moment, and it is a lot of work uh, while doing this show, but I wouldn't change it for the world. It's it's so yeah, important. It is it. so yeah. important.
0: Okay, so dream role you haven't played yet. Oh,
1: um, Look... <laughs> I love bar, so maybe we'll go
2: Elphie.
0: Yes. Yep. Yes. That's a great option. Yes. Correct. Yes. Mm. Great option. Great option.
2: Okay. Your celebrity crush. Ooh. My celebrity crush. And you can't say Jala. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Oh. They're going to be mad that I didn't say Jala to begin with. Um... Uh, my celebrity crush. Who? What have I been watching at the moment? I've literally been in such a study brain that pop culture doesn't exist to me at the moment. Um, oh, Timothy Chalamet.
2: Ah. Oh, Chalamet oh, yeah. bing bong. Love him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that exactly. That.
0: Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Go to ice cream flavor. Okay. I know people are going to say it's
1: just like vanilla or caramel, but rainbow ice cream makes me so happy. When I look at yes. it, I just, you, you can't help but
0: feel happy. Agree. Um, I agree. Yeah,
1: and I like to believe that there's
2: multiple flavors in that, but I know there's not. Final question <laughs> is, favorite six song that's not your own?
1: Um, okay, pre-six, it was House of Holbein. I thought that song was so outrageous that it was, like, almost, it was amazing. Um, but now doing six, I'm going to say, no way. The choreography's lit. It's so good. Mm. Like, I could just, like, dance to that song for days,
2: for days.
0: Yeah, yeah. Favourite choreography yeah. moment. Mm. Seriously, yeah. the whole
2: show. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't think I could pick. And I think, for me, until seeing it, because I'd listened to it many times. Yeah. I always was like, Oh, I love Bolin so much. And then and it's not just because we're talking to you <laughs> but then when I saw um Catherine Howard for the first time and I really like listened and like watched and was like, Oh
1: fuck. Oh, it's because the music is Christ. so genius. Like I didn't like Katherine Howard either before ing- before auditioning. Like, I never saw myself as Catherine Howard. Hands down, I was like, nah, uh, Bobo. That's the only role I could be. Um, Because I was obsessed. Like, I was part of the Queendom before I did this show.
2: Because
1: I was in second year when the first initial auditions came out. And at the con, you're not really meant to audition for pro shows until you're in third year. So that was like, it was heartbreaking when I knew that this show was coming to Australia and I couldn't audition for it. Oh. um but then how it came up and i it was honestly like oh let's just go out and have some fun like never really saw we did, i didn't even know at the time that it was done in australian i think i found out the day before we flew down that we had to speak in our natural accent and not in a I i had like prepared a british one and so i was like yeah, yeah. I had to like switch the gears in my brain and was like all right let's make this work um yeah but do
0: they do that for every like yep. wherever Six goes, wherever they, Six is, it's they their do it natural. in a natural accent, which is really weird. How I've just been incredible. listening
2: listening to the the live from the opening, the reopening on Broadway, and I was yep. like, it's, yeah. I'm so used to either Australian or British, and because Australian British are very different but are also very similar, I'm just used to that. Yeah. So hearing it in an American accent was like it's a bit of footing, so <laughs> weird. I was like, do I hate it? Or do I enjoy it? I, I can't it's, tell.
1: It's the twanginess. It's it's there's something about mm-hmm. it that you go, and I think because also we're so used to it in our laid back Aussie accent mm-hmm. that we're just like, it's so it's so bright and forward. But that's just them though, you know. That's that's the Americans. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: exactly. No, yeah. I love that
2: you never imagined yourself as Howard. I feel like so many people don't understand Howard's song until they like either really like sit down and like listen to it or they see it. Because it was yeah. when I saw it that I was like, whoa, that's entirely not... I literally just thought that whole song was just her being like, everybody wants me and I'm am amazing. And then well, I was like... like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's and not... I oh. lo-
1: the, the best thing about her song is that there's such a journey with it. Like, everyone mm-hmm. kind of has a journey in their songs, but you really get to see this trajectory with Howard. And... Yeah, because she was so confident and sexy and sassy that I just like never. I'm such a I'm such a dork. Like I'm first and foremost a dag and a dork. It's just that's just Chelsea Dawson, you know. And I know that about myself, and I love that about myself. So to stand there and be like, "Yes, I'm hot. Date me." I was like, "What?" I was like, "No." I literally I got the phone call and they were like, "Yeah, you got it." I was like.
0: You're like, excuse
1: me, what? I'm sorry. And I remember being in the um, rehearsal room for the first time and they're like, you know, just be like, just like feel your body. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, Oh, no, what was it? (laughs) It was my singing teacher. I was preparing at uni for the audition and he was like, can you just try and make it like a little bit more sexy? And I was like, all right. And so I must have tried to do something with my hands and he stopped me mid-song and said, don't do that. And I went... Oh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chill, chill, chill. Um, I'm, I'm just like, gonna no, I wasn't. go. I wasn't gonna do gonna... that. It was a test.
2: Yeah. Um, it was. It
1: was a test. And I remember being in the audition. Like my hands would start doing something, and then I'd, in my head I'd be like, "Don't do that! Don't do that! Don't do that!"
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I, on a, you know, oh, don't know what I did. Um, <laughs> but we are so grateful for the creative team because they have brought out. You know, they've been able to sh- shape me as an actress and bring out. The sides of Howard that were part of me that I just never knew, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, you can bring that, you know, that dorkier side of yourself. I mean, I feel that. I'm a complete and utter dork. Mm. And nine times out of 10, I don't play the sexy character roles. Um, And so it's like you can also always bring a little bit of that to the role, too, because that's who you are. Yeah. You know,
1: it makes you stand out. What we found out about Howard is that, like, for the majority of the show, she's presenting her armor and that Mm -hmm. that confidence is very much a part of her armor and so when you do get to see that stripped away you do kind of see a bit more of like a dorky or also just like a youthful fun side because the sad reality of Catherine Howard was that she died at like her early teens, or not early teens like mid-teens so 17 18 19 was possibly Mm -hmm. when she passed away so like to bring that to life I always love to like find that joy at the end of the show whereas you know yeah. she's been open she's been honest we've now had the change in the show where the switch has been flipped and that we're just owning ourselves and so I ch- I like to think I bring out a little bit of talkiness in
0: there yeah. <laughs> oh definitely oh, definitely
2: <laughs> speaking of auditioning and kind of I guess the you know Your preconceived idea of what you need to bring to a table versus what actually happens once you're in the room. Do you have any advice for those stepping into professional auditions for the first time? Honestly, be a good
1: human. That's all you can do, you know? And, like, as cheesy as it is to say to be yourself, it really is that. Like, six was, I think, majority of my year group's First pro audition. So we kind of didn't even know what to expect for that one. Um, but they, they kind of sat us down and were like, all right, we just want good energy and good people. and that Because also it's such a small company that, like, I guess if you had a bad egg, it would just kind of breed throughout the company. So they really mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that no matter what, that your heart and core is good and they'll be able to read that as soon as you step in they'll know um also know that like scales are not your enemy I think they are the (laughs) worst thing to do in an audition when they're like can you just sing ah and we'll just see how high you go and you're like cracking all over the place and you're like why are they torturing me like this (laughs) like this is horrid um That Literally, they're just trying to see what you can do. They're just wanting to test you and, like, kind of flesh out what you can bring to the table. Also, on top of that, if you are flat in, let's say, your song or whatever, that is okay. Like, they will be able to tell if you have the technique by literally 10 seconds of singing. So Mm -hmm. I know that every time I step in a room now, I literally go all right, this is a free workshop if they do workshop me. Or this is just time that I can just spend doing what I love. Yeah. Um, And to take that opportunity to be like, this is what I have to give. I'm also kind of auditioning them as well, being like, do I want to work with these people? It's very short though sometimes, so sometimes you don't really get a clear idea. But you get to be like, I'm really passionate about this. This is my interpretation And I would love to play with you and create something special. If you can give that, I think in the first couple of minutes that you're there, that's contagious enough that they'll want to
2: see you back for a callback, you know? That's phenomenal advice.
0: Definitely, definitely. That is really good advice. You got to take that in, especially. I don't know. I'm going into the end of second year into third year, so it's definitely oh, like so advice to take through. <laughs> yes, it's so exciting. It's like thrilling being on that like the the cusp of um, getting out there. So it's so good like chatting about this kind of stuff because it is so. There are so many people that listen to us as well who are going through the same thing. But I guess. Um, I guess rounding things off, what is one piece of advice you would give your younger self?
1: Um, definitely something that I learned in second year by my phenomenal seeing teacher at the time was that I am enough. And I think mm. I was never, I wasn't told that enough in high school. I felt like I was always comparing myself to people and I was like, I'm never going to get into uni. And then I did, but then when I got in, I still felt like I was, I was never good enough. And then... I'll never forget I walked in that room for a singing lesson at 8 a.m. one day and he was like you know you're enough right and I bawled into tears and I was like I just never had told myself that enough or yeah I think and then that changed everything and then that set me up for third year and I think that's what you know got me in the room for six and then got me into a place where I, you know, felt like I was confident enough to go for alpha bar and all those things. And he also said to be a mentality giant. And that's also something I carry with myself to this day. And it's to be mentally rigorous with those little negative thoughts and I like to think literally when he said mentality giant I literally thought of myself as this massive giant and that every time these little negative thoughts and they're like little ants come along I like squish them or I send them in a different direction you know and it's being so mindful and constantly reminding yourself that these are just like they're little nothings they what purpose do they serve they serve nothing um and that yeah so that's kind of the two things that from second year, I've I've held with me till now and probably forever is to that I am enough and to
0: be a mentality giant. That's I've crazy. never heard that before, but that mm. is that is some really really good advice because I guess we can get so caught up in the little things, and if we can squash them before they start, you can really show who you are and be the best performer and version of yourself that you can be because you're not held back by nerves or like not even nerves but anxieties about different things are they gonna like me but that you can't control that nine times out of ten you can't control that you can't
1: control what anyone says thinks or says about you all you can do at the end of the day is to again be a good human and do what you love you know like well and show that this is what you love and are passionate about and
2: yeah well, I guess a good way to, to round off the interview and finish it for today, because we have completed our, I guess, oh. formal questions. I don't know how to say this, um, <laughs> but we like to end our show with a bedtime story, which, as you would have read, is like a, a stage mishap or just something that is really memorable from your time performing. So do you have a bedtime story that you can share with us? I have too many bedtime stories that we would be here
1: for like another hour. Um, <laughs> it depends whether you want. And look, I've only done Shrek, Shrek and Six. So the idea of being in more shows and these more stories. Oh my god! Um, I guess. Yeah. Which one would you want to hear? Oh God, there's too many. Um, let's do the time that I forgot my microphone for Six. Um, it was in Sydney and in the Sydney Opera House and I was so tired because also when I'm when I am studying Auslan online I'm doing like five and a half hour day. Oh, it's only on the Friday, but it's five and a half hours on Zoom. So I'm literally looking at a camera, there's no sound and we're just signing and my brain is like, so that day I got to the theatre and we actually had a swing on that day. So someone else was meant to be, it was doing Howard for the first show and because in Sydney the first time we were doing nine show weeks. So Friday nights we were doing double shows. So the first show, the six o'clock, someone was being Howard, but then I was meant to do the next show. And I was so exhausted. Like, I remember being so tired that I came off for House of Holbein for the literally the 30 second break that I get. And I put my mic on the table, which I usually don't do. I usually put it back in my mic belt, but I put it on the table, I'm drinking, I'm fixing my in-ears because we also work with in-ears, which was like a whole new thing for me as well. Um, and then I walked back on stage. And we're doing Get Down, and the first line we say in Get Down as an ensemble is wolf. If you know the show, you'll know when wolf comes in. So I go to reach for my mic to go wolf, and there's nothing in my mic belt. And then it all flashes back, and I go, it's on the desk. It's on the desk. And then so first, the first concern was, okay, do I mime? Do I pretend that I have a mic, or do I not pretend? And some of the choreography is kind of like you're singing into the mic and also clapping your elbow. Like it kind of needs the mic. So I was really confused for a hot second. But then I figured out, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to mime that I have it. I'm going to commit to the mime. That was the first thing. The second thing was, okay, when am I going to get my microphone? So I'm going, I'm literally running through the show in my head while we're doing the show being like, okay, I could probably actually run off stage in the next scene because the next part is my song. So I need to have my mic. No, <laughs> no. But our beautiful tech team um, or backstage crew, it was actually our Wiggy Jackie saw the mic and literally was like holding it like it was almost a disease or something, being like, what do have to do with this," and was like running around backstage being like, I have Josie's mic. And so Lara then stood in the wings with my mic and was literally holding it, eyeing down anyone that would see her being like, Chelsea's mic and then I think Lauren on stage looked at me being like look over there we then did this funky like switcheroo on stage with the Cory that we didn't even have to speak about we just kind of like felt and like locked in with each other switched around I grabbed the mic and then switched back around and we just
0: continued on with the show like nothing happened oh my goodness that's being professionals guys when i
1: tell you how stressed i was in that moment <laughs> holy moly but it you know tells for a good yeah. story and I, yeah. I then had someone comment on my instagram saying great mic miming last night
0: <sighs> How fantastic! you were like no i was you
1: doing can't. such
2: a good job
1: <laughs> I was like, Damn it, they got me. You
2: <laughs> and it's such that is such If obviously if you haven't seen six first and foremost why but also <laughs> that the mics are such it's such a different thing as well for music theater you're so used to seeing head mics or you know radio mics not handheld mics so but so it's such an integral it is literally i assume you guys aren't mic'd up in any other way other than the handheld mics yeah so was, if you don't have a mic that's you're done <laughs>
1: Yeah, we've got our handhelds and then our in ears, so we can hear literally directly what we're saying into the mic. And we have yep. our, all the tracks and the band and whatnot. Yeah, so. In your ears. like that's a, At a concert, which is incredible. Well, but yeah. that's, you know, that, that is the that's premise of the is. show. It is a pop rock concert. And so, yeah. <laughs> but, and, you know, to have that element, it just, yeah,
2: it's, it feels pretty badass, not going to lie. Well, sadly we have come to the end of our interview today but thank you so much for sharing that story that was amazing and thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat with us today it's been so wonderful to talk to you and it's so wonderful i think to get an insight we've now spoken we've realized to three different cast members of six um because oh, we wonderful. have spoken to vidya and um uh karis yes. as well yes, yes. Um, yes. amazing, which Gorgeous. is so wonderful to get because um, you all have such different insights as well um, and Six yeah. is such a I think such a different such a special show that it's so wonderful to just get even more insight into it and your journey with it but thank you so much again for taking the time to come on and chat to us today you guys can follow Chelsea on Instagram at um which we will link down below to follow what Chelsea is doing and obviously please go see Six while it's in Sydney and when it Eventually, then also goes to, I had it right here, to Perth and Brisbane. Yes!
0: <laughs> I'm so excited yes! to bring it home
2: for anyone that lives in yes! Brisbane.
0: I'm so excited. Well, thank you so, so much. And we're so excited. I'm personally so excited to come and watch it when it comes to Brisbane. Um, I'm so thrilled. I can't wait to see you in it and um, get to come and say hi as well. Yes, please do, please do. Yeah, definitely. But until next time, everyone, stay happy, healthy and safe. And we'll see you then. Bye. (laughs)